0: Hello, Facebook friends, I hope I'm on live. I'm going through Zoom again, and you know that when I do something very high tech, um, I often do not know what's going on. So I'm going to check my phone and see if I'm actually on, just for a sec, and then I will get started with tonight's Weighty Wednesday. And I'm on, good, 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 all right. Well, I'm excited to bring you uh, this Weighty Wednesday topic. I call the Six Seductive Craving Concentrations, and um, it actually all began, well, it actually all began a long time ago for me, but at any rate, uh, it all began for many of us, realizing that we have certain things that we crave. We have certain things that make it difficult for us to stop overeating. We have certain foods that we just can't seem to stop with, and those are um, very compelling to us and they are uh, sometimes we describe them as being addictive. At the very least they we have management problems associated with those foods. And um, so I had this discussion um, several months ago uh, with Ray baby where I said, you know I could eat so much better if it just weren't for cupcakes, donuts, cakes, cookies and brownies. And um, then I said, Hey, all of those things have flour, sugar, and fat in them. So there must be magic in that combination. And I'll bet it has something to do with a trifecta. All right. Three, try, right? Were you on last night's teaching uh, Tuesday? Three, try. And so me to myself, hmm, maybe I'll become a researcher because this is really interesting. And maybe I've just unearthed some major discovery about fats and sugar and um, flour. And, you know, it could revolutionize the world. And then um, I found a book called The Hungry Brain uh, by Dr. Stephan Guillenet. And he is a researcher and he is very, very, very smart. And so my first thought after I read his book and listened to his YouTube videos ad nauseum, I just could not get enough of the research around food. And I'm really, really into food science right now. So it was just super compelling. And the fact that he is a clean, robust, pure researcher um, was very, very um, inviting to me. Uh, you can subscribe to uh, join my Facebook, my free Facebook group. I'm doing a three-part series on research, understanding what people say when somebody says this never works, this always works, when somebody says this research says this. Um, just, just kind of like a layman's overview of that. And one of the things that I really loved about him is that he is a true researcher with no ulterior motives. No, none of his research studies were sponsored by a certain you know, food advocacy group or anything like that. So, first of all, I found out that I'm not nearly smart enough to be a researcher. Um, and then, of course, I discovered that somebody, which I kind of already knew this anyway, somebody had already figured this all out before I ever set out to do this. So, um, before I ever found my trifecta in the sugar, flour, and um, fat that is associated with processed foods being either homemade or processed, um, cakes, cookies, brownies, um, donuts, and pie. So, um, with this, you hear about people all the time who say, and you hear people say this, and you see it on social media, and they say something like, "And now I just don't want junk at all," and you're like, "At least I always was." I think she's lying. <laughs> I mean, I want to call the person a liar, a point blank liar, because I don't call names. It's not very nice. But at the same time, I'm thinking, that can't be real. There's no way that people just, you know, just suddenly don't want what they previously had longed for in foods prior to that. And then upon closer examination of Dr. GNA's work, as well as, you know, his book, and um, just seeing people, the type of people who say that and what they did prior to saying that, right? Because success always leaves a trail. Have you ever noticed that? You can see somebody successful in anything you want to be successful about and behind them, you just see this trail and you can just follow that trail and see right how they got to where they are now. How cool is that? right? Um, And that is why we like to study and learn from successful people, right? I mean, that makes sense. And um, so what those people did was really compelling when you stop to look at their trail. And that is they reduced the number of times that they had certain food combinations, all right? So they reduced the number of times that they had certain food combinations and then they gradually reduced their need for those things. How did this happen? It happens through a chemical in the brain. Told you it's called hungry brain for a reason. They reduced a chemical in the brain called dopamine. And a lot of us have heard about dopamine. We often associate it with serotonin which is like, um, you know, you feel better, kind of you need more serotonin to feel better. So, you know, if you're on antidepressants, they increase serotonin. And so people really do need, you know, a lot of times their serotonin increase. Then we also say, well, you can increase your serotonin naturally if you do these certain things. Um, I do plexus supplements. We have supplements that that increase serotonin. And so dopamine is often interlaced with, uh, in people's minds, with serotonin. Um, But dopamine is different than serotonin. Serotonin is a feel-good chemical, but dopamine is a learning chemical. It's a motivational chemical. And so what this means is that it is released in the brain from certain pleasures that will ensure that we repeat that pleasure. So that is why it's called a motivational or habitual or learning chemical. And it can be something as... uh, Innocuous as a square pizza box, the grease on the edges, the way the pizza's cut, um, the smell from the pizza box, the, um, the you know, you open the pizza box, the first feelings that you get, that type of thing. It can be something as innocuous as that, or it can be something as life, I mean, say, I say innocuous, but uh, overeating is never really innocuous, but um, maybe less on the scale, all the way over to, you know, really strong dopamine spikes that are true addictions like drugs and cigarettes and alcohol and gambling and uh, uh, illicit sex and things like that. All right. So it's not really, like I said, as much of a pleasure chemical as it is a learning and motivational chemical, and it is centered on addictive behaviors. But the good news is, and our friends who we questioned, we doubted, right? Sorry, friends. We questioned when they said, I don't even want cupcakes anymore. And I ate a cupcake every day. Or I ate dubbed candy every day and now I don't even want candy at all. So we questioned those, but what they did was they quit spiking that dopamine in that chemical in their brain. So frequently and so intensely, so that they calmed down that motivational learning process. And the good news about foods that spike dopamine and, dope and, and that, that those learned behaviors of wanting more and more and more of those certain foods the good news is that when you stretch out the instances of, of those really high dopamine spikes. Stretch those out, not that you won't have any small ones between, stretch out those really, really high ones, and you stretch out your desire, because you've just reduced the dopamine spikes to your brain, and so you don't need it as much, you don't want it as much, and you kind of, sort of, a little bit, almost forget it, and that's what those honest friends were saying when they said they don't even want it anymore. So I would like to t- bring to you Dr. DNA's uh, six seductive craving combinations. All right, so I'm going to try to share my screen. You know how high tech I am. So here we go. Wish me luck. Share screen. Um, where is it? Show all windows. I had it open just here a little bit ago as a picture. I just did it. It worked. I tried it before I got on here. Um. Let me see. Where it is. Um, Oh, save image as, I'm gonna try this guys. Pictures, it's open, there it is. So I should be able to share that. Um, Screen sharing, there it is. Ha, (laughs) I am so technical. Oh my word, sorry for that delay, okay. I had it say, but it just wasn't showing up. All right. So these are the seductive six that cause um, craving that are crave seductive six craving combinations. Now look at them. They're all foods we need, they're all nutrients we need. You might be saying, How in the world can these cause me to crave when those are things that we need to we need? All right. So I'm going to explain them a little bit further. Here they are, the in their all their glory. He doesn't call them the seductive six. I just label them that. I call them the seductive six craving concentrations. He calls them seductive food combinations or hyperpalatable food combinations. But you know me and my alliteration and my language arts teaching. So here I go. So here they are, things that we need. All six of these are nutrients. All five of the six are caloric, which means that we eat them to get calories, right? Sugar, starch, fat, protein, and glutamate. Glutamate is uh, like that savory flavor, like MSG, bone broth, uh, soy sauce, that kind of thing. And that's kind of caloric. Uh, most of those are somewhat caloric. And then the sixth one is not caloric and it is salt. It is a mineral, but it is also needed. So all six of these seductions are things that we need. So it's not that they are bad in and of themselves. As a matter of fact, uh, the people who really promote like simple eating and just like uh individual or one or two uh, ingredient foods um, are kind of on the right track because it is these, this combination of these things that actually cause it. So how do these six seductive nutrients work? Uh, first of all, uh, not to get too technical, but there are receptors in the small intestine that detect the concentration of them. I'm gonna talk about the concentrations in just a second. So you might have something that has three or four or five or six of these uh, combinations. And then it is, uh, that sends messages to the brain and the brain says, this is good. This is caloric. This is yummy. This is delicious. We felt good when we had this, that we should do this more. And then it is a learned behavior. We had the dopamine spike went with it. Now, um, the the food concentrations, the concentrations of these seductive six, they uh, are obviously higher in processed foods and they're lower in real foods. That's why in my free Facebook group, we had in April a real foods challenge where we just, we didn't focus on a certain macronutrient or we didn't focus on um, a certain diet plan or a certain calorie load or whatever, we focused on just real foods because the more real your foods are, the less seductive concentrations that you will have. All right, so it's interesting to note that in uh, one particular research of uh, the top crave foods that um, uh, are, were found in the study, number one was chocolate. Um, and that doesn't surprise us, right, because it has sugar, it has carbs, it has fat, and usually a little bit of salt, okay? Um, the next one was pizza, which has everything on here except for sugar. Um, and the amount of sugar, really, that's probably in the sauce wouldn't be that, um, that overwhelming or anything, Uh, Next is, was um, salty, salty, um, I'm missing a note here, salty snacks, like, um, but fried, salty slash fried snacks. So um, this is where, like, especially because this was a a male and woman study. So this would be where, you know, a lot of people, men, especially who like chips, although some women do too, but who like chips, which would have starch, fat, salt. And glutamate, right? It would have the salty flavor, the glutamate, that have salt in it, the glutamate flavoring, the starch, and the fat from deep, being a deep fried uh, snack. Ice cream, sugar, starch, um, combination, uh, sweets and desserts that were non-ice cream, so that's my trifecta, right? My trifecta has sugar, starch, and fat, okay? And what we're going to learn in just a minute, it's really not just that it has sugar, starch and fat, but it's that it has such high concentrations of it, All right? And then meats and chickens and then breads and pasta with a typo on breads, we have brats. So breads and pasta. All right, so when it comes to these six seductions, I'm gonna leave this up here while I go through the takeaways so that you can kind of see the examples and how they have the different concentrations in them. So. From this, what the takeaways that if just, you know, you're not an internet faster, you're not in my group, you're not trying necessarily to um, apply a lot of my teachings at DonnaReach.com or in the private Facebook group, but what I could do to help anybody tomorrow. These are the takeaways. The first takeaway is that we all need calories, right? And all six of those are caloric, like I said, except for salt. So it's not like, Protein's a bad thing or fat's a bad thing. It's not that those nutrients by themselves, all right? Um, number two, we don't need the calories that our ancestors needed, right? It's important to note that, you know, when they uh, hunter-gatherers, they needed way more calories than we do. And even, you know, Little House on the Prairie people needed way more calories than we do in our sedentary lives. Uh, Number three, we don't need the calories that foods with many of these seductive qualities have in them at the levels that we eat them. All right, last week, I think it was, I talked about uh, how most packaged snacks have 140 calories um, for every 30-gram serving, and it's the density of it. So a a serving of, you know, Skinny Pop is a huge bowl for 140 calories. A ding-dong is two-thirds of one ding-dong right, because of its density. And we don't need that calorie load. We don't need three ding-dongs that equals 600 calories. We don't need those levels of calories that uh, our processed foods and modern foods have in them. All right, now then, the more concentrated the seductive six nutrients in a food, the more they will trigger us to crave them, to over-desire them and to overeat. So just some like typical examples. And I'm not saying that, um, you know, personally, we are trying, we've been really getting away from snacking. Snacking is not a a thing, a big thing with us. We would just rather have two meals a day and just eat real food. But if if we are going to snack, it's important for us to just have have some understanding of what we are not only putting into our bodies, you know, food-wise and and the ingredients-wise, which is another topic for another day, um, or calorie-wise, which is also another topic for another day, but what we're putting into our bodies in terms of what will our reaction be. So in intermittent fasting, we teach that if you go without food for 16 or 18 hours a day, you are going to lower your insulin, you're going to Tame ghrelin, so you don't overeat. Uh, so, you're, so you, so tra- you, you train the ghrelin gremlin, so you don't have hunger as much. We're going to learn to hear leptin. That's all happening hormonally. This aspect is another aspect that is an important part for us to learn for those of us who are trying to manage our weight. In that we, when we eat these seductive combinations in such high concentrations. We are going to crave and crave and crave because of the dopamine spikes. And so, if we have something every day, we go through the drive-through at Starbucks or whatever, and we get a, a sugary drink, and then we get a muffin or a croissant or a, a donut or you know some pastry or something. We are having these concentrations in such high levels that we that will we will have this where we have to do it more and more and more and more. And we won't understand why. And we'll be going, I don't, I just don't understand why I just can't quit doing the Starbucks thing. You know, for me, it was, I don't understand why I can't quit, you know, eating cupcakes or eating the donuts or whatever, you know, brownies or cookies or whatever. And once I started learning this information, not from a standpoint of starch is bad, fat is bad, sugar is probably not the best, but not from that standpoint, but more from what is it doing to me? that is going to cause me to not be able to control myself? And what is that going to do to my weight and my health as a result of not having control because I just spiked dopamine over and over and over again? So it's really not as much of a mystery as we think it might be. It's really science. And it's really, you know, whereas we're controlling hormones and fasting, now we need to control our brain chemicals to keep us from overeating and to keep us from craving as much. So it's, it's so compelling because these are all things that we can do to make our lives better. When I started intermittent fasting, I was like, wow, wow, that's really amazing. You know, that you can just keep insulin down. You can just keep hunger at bay. It was so cool how I could just be like, I felt like a superwoman. You know, I was just like, oh, wow, I got all this kind of stuff showing up on my screen probably. That I was, you know, just like, wow, I can control my hunger. You know, it's like a superpower. I can control the wind. I can control my hunger. And, you know, then I could hear leptin. I could control my fullness. Wow. And then I learned about these, the dopamine spikes. And I'm like, ah, I can control my cravings. All I need to do is reduce the concentrations of the foods I'm eating so that they have fewer components of the seductive six in smaller concentrations. All right, so that was takeaway number four. Oh, The more concentrated the seductive nutrients in a food, the more they will trigger us to crave them. So you compare like potato chips and dip, and you see somebody just starting to eat potato chips and dip, and they just can't stop, right? And you're just like, I don't know why, I just opened the potato chip bag and opened the ranch dip or the French onion dip and I just can't stop versus somebody who maybe gets a bag of cheese, a box of cheez which is way less seductive than fried, fried potato chips and dip, or maybe pretzels. So they're less seductive. And so have you ever just thought about, you know, huh? Yeah. Why does that happen to me? That's why? Oh, cool. All right. So Um, For example, another example is you might really long for a nacho supreme, fully loaded. And that nacho supreme would have five of the six seductive nutrients. It would have everything but sugar, all right? Um, But you would be able to stop your cravings, not eat as much, not have the dopamine spike causing you to want those nachos over and over and over and over again. If you had homemade tacos with baked corn shells, or healthier soft shells. So you would have two or three of the seductions. And also, it's important to note, they would not be in such strong concentrations. Which leads me to point number five. It's not just the number of the seductive six nutrients, but also the concentration of them that reeks, reeks, that reeks, not reeks. Subject verb agreement problem. That wreaks havoc on our cravings. So... My pastries, for example, they might only have three of the six. So they would have these three, sugar, starch, and fat. So it's not that they only have three and there are six total. It's that they have these three in such high concentrations. Concentrations that mankind was never made to eat, (laughs) right? I mean, you think about, you know, uh, hunter-gatherers, you know, their sugar would be if they found honey, and uh, then they would eat like berries and stuff. Their starch would be tubers. Their fat would be animal fat. You know, they would not have all of these things at their disposal in such high concentrations. We were never made to eat donut- cream-filled donuts, even though I hate to think that, okay? But that's the way it is. All right, so it's not just the number, but it's also the intensity of the the uh, the. Seduction of the nutrients in that food. All right, number six: simple foods, whether homemade or store-bought, can help us keep the seductive six lower. There are a lot of pushes going around uh, to cook from to cook at home, and a lot of you know eat at home and you know eat more at home and join the bandwagon and eat at home and so much so you know that there are entire industries that are just thriving right now on bringing you a box of food that you get to cook yourself because we long for that uh, many of us enjoy cooking and many people do not have time to do all the shopping and all the prep and all that. It it is, you know, ingrained within us to eat more homemade type of foods. But your seductive six craving concentrations, they do not have to be processed, right? My favorite seductive six craving concentrations are my daughter's baking, right? they are my very, very favorite things are her chocolate chip cookies, and they're completely 100% homemade. So whether they're homemade or store bought, isn't the issue as much. And also, I should note right here, it also doesn't matter where you get them. And I think that this is um, really important too, because there are a lot of people who, you know, they're whole, they only shop at Whole Foods, they only shop at Trader Joe's, or they only shop at I can't even remember what all the names of the places are and I'm not Earth Fair whatever. And I'm not against any of those, but they can also have addictive types of foods. They can also have foods that are just way more, way higher in calories, way uh, more concentrated in seductions, like something that would have, you know, just a bunch of honey and uh, coconut oil and um, you know, maybe um, thinking of like a cornstarch or something like that for gluten-free people. And they are not really getting around the seductive six concentrations if they can't stop on that particular bar or that particular uh, Whole Whole Foods or um, health food treat. So, it doesn't really matter whether it's store bought or homemade, and it doesn't really matter whether it came from the health food store or the gas station if it causes those kind of dopamine spikes that cause you to not be able to control the cravings surrounding them. So, when I talk about simple foods, it doesn't always have to be like, you know, spaghetti squash, you know, with olive oil and nothing that you necessarily like. One of the things that I really taught in April in the group uh, is that to create a protocol that works for you it doesn't have to be quote unquote yucky foods if you don't like spaghetti squash with olive oil you don't have to eat that and i think that this is where we've gotten caught up in it has to be you know this this group's food or this group's food or this group's food or this way of eating or this way of eating when in reality if we just reduced packaged foods processed foods, and we just ate at home and we just made things, you know, made simpler foods that would also help us to reduce the seductive six concentrations and then to reduce our cravings. So let me give you some examples of just simple things that you might not even think about. We think about lasagna as being so calorie dense. Oh, that's so fattening. But it also is so high in the seductive six. And then you add the breadsticks to it and you are just sunk right here with you know five of the six concentrations and you wonder why you know you just can't stop on that lasagna right whereas something as simple as a spaghetti and you could use a whole grain noodle or a grainless noodle or you know whatever kind of noodle you wanted but a lower sugar marinara and ground turkey so we don't have such fatty meat and then that would cause a way it would have the starch, uh, very little fat, the protein, the salt and the glutamate, but not in the concentrations that lasagna has, right? Now I say that and spaghetti is with meat sauce is one thing that my husband absolutely can't stop on. So each person is different, but you can see the difference between the two versus this you know, super hyper palatable uh, lasagna. All right, another one is a lower fat or just like more natural cheese spread, maybe some farmer's cheese or a soft cheese like mozzarella or something with homemade crackers versus club crackers with crack cheese dip. And when we have come to the point in our food choices and our recipes and our eating where we call foods better than sex cake, which we all know isn't true, or we call something crack candy or crack cheese dip or crack this or crack that, right? I've even seen some with the word heroin in front of them, right? We are way, way too into seductive foods, (laughs) right? For one thing, I think it's probably, you know, a little bit I don't know. I think it's probably just a little bit demeaning to somebody who's seriously having crack problems. I mean, you know, we don't understand how somebody on cocaine feels. So anyway, but that's not for this particular particular discussion. But what I'm trying to say is those foods are called those things for a reason. They're called better than sex cake because they're supposed to be so delicious. They're called crack cocaine dip or better than crack dip. Or better than crack candy because they're supposed to just be so dopamine spiking that we just can't stop, right? So um, I think those would be something to stay away from. All right, so super, so super simple meals at home, right? And this is just kind of the the routine that uh, Ray Baby and I have been getting into. And of course, you know we're empty nesters, so we don't have to have all the junk food around all the time. Our biggest junk food is vanilla wafers. Um, and goldfish crackers. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, we just don't have to have those hyper palatable things, which is good, um, because it's always good if you can create any kind of barriers, um, like you would have to go out to get it. That's always better as well. Um, But we always just do the meat or protein that is not hyper palatable, preferably, uh, starch without so many seductions. So um, I don't know what happened at that point. But like, You know, when we consider like just a baked potato with a little sour cream or yogurt or even butter as compared with a loaded baked potato, we're just loading on the seductive six craving concentrations to the point where, you know, we actually dream about that loaded potato. You know, that is, those are the type of things that cause us not to be able to stop. Uh, um, And then we do cruciferous vegetables, um, salads and things like that in simple ways. For example, not 1,800 calorie salads with every seduction except sugar, right? Um, you know that that we can put more calories in a salad than what we than what most females need in a day is is just a telltale sign that we just need to bring in the the reins. You know, just rein it in. Seriously, do we need all of that? Do we have to have all of that? Um, so. Less seductive, less hyperpalatable foods are bonus, lower in calories, lower in fat and lower in carbs. So that not only re- they not only reduce our dopamine spikes, but they also reduce our caloric load. And this is one of the true things in longevity studies and so forth to show that we just need 30% less food across the board. Just stop the madness, stop all the food, stop all the concentrations, stop the madness. So um, that is uh, a good thing that follows that automatically these less seductive, less uh, palatable foods will also have fewer calories in them as well. And will will lower our caloric load, which is just really what our bodies need overall um, without even necessarily doing any type of calorie counting or, or, you know, making any trades where we're going to eat you know, this fun fun size Snickers bar instead of a big size Snicker bar, just, you know, we're just going to reduce it overall. So good news, fuel foods, those that we want to eat on a daily basis that are real, that have fewer of the seductive qualities, do not have to be yucky. And this is really important and it's probably the most important takeaway from this because we have a tendency to think it's either my cupcake or broccoli and chicken. And there's nothing in between those two. And it's really sad that we've gotten to that point because there are a lot of foods that are really great and that are good for us between the cupcake and the broccoli and chicken. If we're sick of broccoli and chicken, chicken, nothing wrong with that. Ray baby eats broccoli almost every single night. He's like, must have some of the seductive qualities. I don't know, but he loves his broccoli. So. It doesn't have to be yucky, right? It doesn't have to be a terrible food. And I taught about this, like I said, in the whole month of April in my free Facebook group. So if you want to learn more, you can go into uh, Donna's Intermittent Fasting group. And um, there's a link there at the bottom. You can go into that. I'm going to stop the sharing here for just a sec. You can go into that group and you can... um, join and then in the search bar just search april 1 april 2 april 3 april 4 so forth, and you can just watch all of the videos because I did a video every day for 30 days about the this whole topic, the idea of reducing our non-real foods and increasing our real foods and the effects of uh, dopamine spikes and cravings and all of those things. I did all of that during the month of April. So you can watch that um, chronologically there in the group. So thank you for joining me. I know I went long. I love, love, love this topic because I think it just answers a lot of questions that a lot of us have. And also that it could just be some simple tweaks, right? I didn't even get into the ghrelin and leptin but my intermittent fasters know that you, you do not hear the leptin signals from processed foods like you do from real foods. So a bag of potato chips, you're not going to hear the leptin signal that you're full as easily as you are on a baked potato with water and fiber and fluffiness. So, um, so much good, good information that can help us change our lives. That can just be, wow, I'll just tweak this and wow, that's better. Yeah, that's better for me. And feeling better, losing a little bit, going to, you know, heading down towards my goal. You know, I didn't take a dozen years to lose 100 pounds, to not learn something in that process, right? So anyway, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Tomorrow night is Thought Thursday, and I'm gonna take you on some ladders. I'm gonna take you tomorrow night on uh, the thought ladders. And that is, those of us, especially if you watch the first two Thought Thursdays and you thought to yourself, I can't think these good thoughts about this person or about this situation, I just can't think those, those Pollyanna rosy thoughts. And, but you know that your thoughts do lead to your actions, right? That you're going to behave based on what you think. So for those who just can't seem to, and I understand this, I have to use latter thoughts all the time, but in a certain situation, you can't get to the thought of, um, you know, this, a good thought that this is okay, or that. This will work out or I just need to accept however this is, whatever the thought is, or in a situation with a relationship, I cannot get to the thought that you're talking about where I just say, this is all that person knows. And I'm just going to love that person anyway. If you can't get to those thoughts, you're not alone, right? Jumping from that person drives me crazy and I can't stand her. And I'm going to talk about her all over Facebook over to, I'm going to be understanding of her. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to love her regardless. From there to there can be a huge jump. So tomorrow night, I'm gonna take you on a ladder of thoughts. And it really, really works to change your relationships with others and to change how you look at situations. So, you know, If you feel like you're an Eeyore and you want to be a Tigger, um, or even you just want to really change how you feel about somebody or about something so that you have better actions. I would love to see you tomorrow night on Thought Thursday. See ya.